Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. Very excited to be with you today. You know, the Catholic Foodie, I say, is where uh, food meets faith, and we will be talking about food and faith today, but more in the context of meals and family dynamics, and uh, more importantly, I think some of the worries and concerns that we have uh, just living day to day. You know, family life is uh, busy these days. Uh, Lots of things kind of get in the way. Uh, We have a lot of challenges that we face. I know a lot of families uh, work in two jobs or, or more. Uh, kids in school have more activities today than, than I ever had when I was growing up. And you may be uh, in that number. You may feel like I do uh, sometimes just absolutely overwhelmed, wondering how in the world can we make it through the day? How can we put food on the table without yelling and screaming at each other or wringing each other's necks, you know? <laughs> Sometimes that's just the way uh, the way it is, the, the way the days go. But today I'm very, uh, very excited about uh, our guest today. We're going to have a friend of mine, uh, Gary Zimak. You may uh, know that name. He is an author, a Catholic author and uh, speaker, and is probably most well known for uh, the, the books that he has written on fear and and worry. Uh, very exciting stuff. I had the pleasure of meeting Gary um, just a couple of months ago at the uh, the Catholic Writers Guild annual retreat uh, and also the, um, the, the, the Catholic Marketing Network uh, event up in New Jersey. And uh, I'm very excited to, to have Gary on the show today. If you have not heard of uh, Gary before, which I have a hard time imagining, but if you haven't, uh, you can go to followingthetruth.com and uh, you're going to see more of uh, what Gary has to offer there. Um, I will, uh, I want to share with you this little intro that I found on his his website. It's uh, on his about uh, page. To tell you a little bit more about Gary, uh, dynamic. Uh, man of God, dynamic, uh, very encouraging. I, I, I like to to think of Gary as a great encourager because he's constantly encouraging uh, people, whether it's just in general uh, when he's talking on the radio or when you're in a conversation with him one-on-one. It's the same way. Uh, in 2008, Gary Zimek was working as a project manager when he felt the call to form Following the Truth, an apostolate dedicated to teaching the truths of the Catholic faith, initially performing his work for the Lord on a part-time basis, a job layoff in 2012, gave him the opportunity to make a bold move. After much prayer, Gary decided to step out of the boat and become a full-time Catholic lay evangelist. He went from a guaranteed six-figure income to no guarantee of any income. Since that time, he has traveled throughout the United States and Canada, bringing thousands of people closer to Jesus Christ. Mr. Zimek is the author of A Warrior's Guide to the Bible, Listen to Your Blessed Mother, from fear to faith and faith, hope, and clarity. He is a frequent speaker and retreat leader at parishes and conferences across the United States and Canada, has an international radio following, and is recognized as the leading Catholic speaker on the topic of overcoming anxiety. Gary has appeared on several EWTN television programs, including Women of Grace, At Home with Jim and Joy, Bookmark, and The Journey Home. He's the host of The Gary Zimek Show on Block Talk Radio and a regular guest on Catholic Answers Live. EWTN's The Sunrise Morning Show 
Show, Catholic Connection, and numerous other radio programs. In addition, he's a member of Catholics United for the Faith, the Knights of Columbus, and the Catholic Radio Association, and resides in New Jersey with his wife Eileen and their homeschooled twin daughters, Mary and Elizabeth. Gary is an instructor for RCIA, the Rite of Christian Initiation for, of Adults, at Sacred Heart Parish in Riverton, New Jersey, and the chaplain for the Catholic Business Network of South New Jersey. Adhering to the principles of the two S's, meaning uh, simple and substantial, Gary Zimmick presents the authentic teaching of the Catholic Church in a way that can be understood by the ordinary person in the pew. Having been a Catholic who went through the motions for most of his life, Gary understands the importance of getting to know Jesus Christ and the teachings of his church. He can assist you in achieving the peace that can only be found by having a personal relationship with the Lord. And uh, again, I am, am very excited about having Gary on the show today. Uh, this is a, a, a real treat for me. We had a fantastic conversation, and uh, I want to share that with you. Uh, Gary is a friend, and uh, you know he's also uh, involved in full-time ministry, full-time ministry uh, in the church as a lay evangelist, a man who has a family. Uh, please do share this show with your friends and family. Help spread the word. Spread the word about uh, the Catholic foodie, but also spread the word about Gary Zimmick and following the truth. Uh, very good stuff. You can find more about Gary at followingthetruth.com. Now, let's get to that conversation that Gary and I are having. Well, Gary, I have to tell you, it's just uh, it's such a joy for me to have you on the show today. And, and I had the pleasure just, what, about two months ago to actually meet you in person, which was uh, such a treat, uh, at the Catholic Writers Guild slash Catholic Marketing Network uh, uh, extravaganza. I guess you could say up in yeah. up in New Jersey. That was such a pleasure. It, it, Jeff, it was great to meet you as well. It's just I, I feel like I've known you for a long time, and it's it's great to be able to chat with you again. It, it's it's really fantastic that I get I have the greatest job in the world that I get to meet over the course of doing what I do. So many great people like yourself who are putting it on the line for the Lord and doing the Lord's work. So, brother, it's great to be here with you on the program. Well, thank you so much. I um. You know, this is the Catholic Foodie, and uh, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, not necessarily food today, but but a very important uh, aspect of food, which is uh, mealtime and uh, and families kind of getting together and and what that takes, and, and the fact that sometimes sometimes those meal times can can bring a little anxiety, a little worry, and, and uh, to the table, <laughs> if you mm -hmm. will. Uh, but I would, if you wouldn't mind, because I, I I know who you are. And I'm sure that there are plenty of listeners out there who know because you're everywhere. You got a pretty big footprint there on on uh, in the Catholic world, Catholic media world. But if you wouldn't mind just maybe introducing yourself a little bit, tell us what what you do and and uh, where people can find more about you uh, online. You bet, Jeff. My my name is Gary Zimak. I'm a full time Catholic speaker and an author. I go out and in, in addition to writing, I speak all over the U.S. and Canada. My main focus is on overcoming anxiety, and it's it's so amazing that I, I'm as you were saying that I I'm stunned when I think about the fact that the Lord can use a knucklehead like me to do His work, especially someone who my my background is in IT. I have a business degree for 30 years. That's what I did. But for the past four going on close to five years now, I've been working full time doing the Lord's work, speaking about Christ. And Jeff, I have to tell you, it's never anything that I would have expected to do. But the Lord called me 
I had this big time encounter with him several years ago. And after that, I thought, well, I just need to give this a try. I need to, number one, find out more about Jesus Christ through his Catholic church, because I'm a cradle Catholic, but I was incredibly lukewarm for so many years. And then once I found out more about him, I want to share him with other people. And I especially target those individuals like myself who are prone to being anxious. And I always like to say, Jeff, if I can be peaceful, so can anyone. And that, and that's the truth because I am someone who has always had a serious tendency to be a worrier from when I was a little, little child, but with the Lord's help one day at a time, he's allowing me to feel his peace. And I, I just like to share that message with so many people, as many people as I possibly can. And I, I, you do a fantastic job at it, oh, by thanks, the way. Uh, that's uh, it's, it's blessed me tremendously. I know that uh, you know worry and anxiety are something that that I have definitely struggled with over the years. I know um, uh, the way that I like to phrase it sometimes is that I live too much in my head. You know, mm-hmm. worried about all these. Uh, you know, I get exhausted sometimes because I'm thinking through all these mental gymnastics of you know yes. this or that or the other thing could happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and God is just so good, and and He's so patient, and He's so loving, and we I think oftentimes times uh, miss that, you know, yeah. uh, but you know, if you look in our, our society today, um, me and you, we're not alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of people, a lot of people who are fearful, full of fear. And I would say not just, you know, that kind of normal, you know, you're afraid of one little particular thing, but, but that fear is almost like a constant companion mm-hmm. uh, of people who, who have these anxieties, who have fears and worries. Do you know, cause you speak all over the place, you talk to people, you hear their stories. I mean, is there, can we pinpoint, is there a cause, like a cause to why so many of us can be uh, afraid, fearful? Yeah, Jeff, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'll agree with what you say there. It, it is anxiety has been become an epidemic. I don't know if it was worse than it used to be. I think in many ways it, it is because of the fact that we have access to so much information, whether it's uh, being afraid of what the, the weather has in store for us or terrorism or any number of different things. We can get access to information over the Internet that can really make us afraid. I'll tell you, there, there are a number of different things that I find people are anxious over. One of them is financial problems. And as somebody who went from, and I make no secret about this, somebody who went from a six figure income to no guarantee of any income, believe me, I get this. I really, yeah. You know, what's funny, Jeff, let me just say that for some reason, and and I really attribute this to the Lord, I don't worry about money anymore. Maybe I should. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, you know, some, somehow he's getting us by. He's I'm supporting my family with this kind of work. But a lot of people are focused on wor- worrying about money. The stock market crashing mm. is I heard from several people last week who are really upset about that. Terrorism is another big concern. Uh, people are worried about their health. I think that's a general problem. That's always been the case. That has always been my big weakness. I tend to be a hypochondriac. So whenever I start feeling some strange symptoms, unfortunately now, Jeff, I can go on the internet and start Googling (laughs) these things. And and that is not good for me. But you know, that's a big thing. People are worried about their children, especially their future children who have left the faith. These are really big concerns. Some people are really concerned about weather related problems. Mm -hmm. So there are a number of different things, but they, they may be different 
but the end result is just as damaging. No matter what I'm worried about, if I internalize it and if I just spin the wheels in my mind and let it overtake me, it can really hurt me physically and it can also hurt me spiritually because I'm not focusing on the Lord and I'm not recognizing his providence for my life. And I think that could be a real big problem. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Redbox Media with me, Jeff Young, The Catholic Foodie, and our special guest today, Mr. Gary Zimmick. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show with me, Jeff Young, The Catholic Foodie, and our special guest today, Gary Zimmack. So excited to have him on the show. Let's continue our conversation. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, I, I, it, it's interesting because I, um, a little bit about my background, you know, I was in the seminary, not once, but twice. Uh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize I was, that. Uh, I was, uh, spent two years in formation with Mother Teresa's uh, priest down in, in Mexico. Um, mm. I left home when I was 18, joined them. I was there for two years and got to meet her on a couple of occasions, three or four occasions, and uh, had the opportunity to spend about 15, 20 minutes with her just in prayer alone in conversation and in prayer, the chapel, it was just a really beautiful, beautiful experience. But, uh, and then I, I studied later for the diocese of Baton Rouge and uh, graduated from a, a seminary college. that's not too far from here, but my degree, even though I did study theology, I had, you know, a lot of theological classes that I took then and then I did some post-grad work as well. in, in theology, uh, my degree is actually in philosophy. And so I remember oh. I, I, I studied philosophy for, uh, you know, uh, however many years that was. Was, uh, got my degree, but we talked about uh, ancient philosophy. So we're, we're kind of getting rooted in, in, in the ancient world, which, which believe it or not, is very uh, uh, friendly with mm. uh, Catholicism and Christianity. That's where St. Thomas Aquinas borrows so much from Aristotle. Uh, and that's a good thing. But then you see that progression of philosophies as we get into that modern era and you start to see things like Marxism, you know, that Marxist philosophy. You start to see other philosophies that come forward, this, this sense of utilitarianism. And it's like, so from my perspective and, and as a former high school teacher, you used to see kids all the time and, and kind of start to see in real life how these philosophies from, let's say, the 1600s to today, how they really do impact us is pretty amazing, especially after having studied what life was like in, say, ancient Rome or ancient Greece and how they built societies with a certain amount of leisure, right? That leisure was built in and leisure wasn't just entertainment. It was there to build up the soul. Mm. And I would look and see today how busy we are. Yeah. How small the world is, how right. fast things move, how much, as you mentioned, how much information comes at us. And mm. I think the simple, the simple uh, conclusion, in my opinion, is that we human beings simply were not made to function this way. Right. And, and we're trying to fit a, a, what is it, a round peg in a square hole? Is that what they say? Or a, or a yeah. square peg in a round e- either hole? Either way. Yeah. Either way, yeah. it doesn't fit, right? And it doesn't fit. And so yeah. The, yeah. what is the uh, what is the the repercussions? It's it's anxiety. It's stress. Yeah. It's uh, uh, that, 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 that fear. And, you know, as you were as you were sharing a minute ago, uh, I just kept thinking, it's like, you know, what I what I have what I let worry get to me, um, it's not good for me. It's not good for my health. Right. I mean, it, it may lead to me stress eating. You know, I may eat more desserts, which I love dessert. Dessert's a good thing, but you know, it's like I may eat more than I need to. You know, yeah. uh, which I know other folks have have that kind of problem too. Or um, what, the thing that really hurts me though is that when I get caught up like that, 
I'm not really very nice to other people. Right, right. You know, I get to where I'm so worried and concerned about me and whatever it is that's, that's bothering me that I'm not as patient with my, my son or I'm not as patient with my, my wife or my, my daughters and, uh, or even dealing with other people in the, in the world. So do you have any, um, suggestions or, or ideas of how someone like that might be able to get a, some relief, I guess, from the fear and the worry, but also, uh, maybe help to, to spread peace perhaps, and and the relationships they have in life. I'll tell you what, Jeff, you just really hit on something right there. When, when we, and I know that this happens to me when I, when I worry, when I allow myself to worry and one of the, one of the more unpopular pieces of information that I have to give when I go out and give my talks is that worrying is a conscious choice. We might not accept that. And a lot of times we don't like to hear that because we like to think it's something we can't control. Well, we can't control fear, but we can control what we do with that fear. So we worrying really is a choice, but for many of us, it's, it's become almost, uh, an, un, an unconscious choice, but it is a choice. Nonetheless, we can worry or we can pray. But when we do start to worry, we, we really, withdraw into ourselves. And like you said, we become really selfish and we can be nasty to the people around us. And unfortunately I've done this with my wife and my kids on several occasions, not proud of that, but it does tend to happen. I think one of the the most important things that, that we can do, we've got to make a few commitments and this is how I manage it. Every day we have to make it a point to pray, whether we feel like it or not, we have to get serious about our relationship with Jesus Christ. We, we have to talk to the Lord every day. I also encourage people to read the Bible every day. I don't know where I would be if I didn't speak to the Lord each day, let him speak to me, read my Bible, and also go to daily mass. I know not everybody can do that, but I need to be with our Lord and be able to receive him in Holy Communion every day. So these are the ways that I manage this. And it is... A battle. We fight this battle one day at a time, but it's a winnable battle. And the way I the way I look at it, my anxiety has been a great blessing to me. And that sounds crazy. And when I tell people this, they look at me like I have two heads. But it really is true. Because with somebody like me, now Jeff, you and I met, we talked. You might not know this about me, but I'm somebody who tends to be a little uh, to be a little proud sometimes. I like to think that I do a good job and I can handle things on my own. And in the past, when I would pray, it wasn't too frequently, but when I would pray, I would ask the Lord, Lord, you've got to help me. And then when the Lord would come through, as he did so many times in my life, I forgot about him. And I would say, okay, Lord, thanks. I can take it from here. And I'd move (laughs) on, right? Until the next problem. And then I'd go back to him again. But the fact that I tend to be anxious in my life is a great blessing because it reminds me of just how much I need the Lord. And whenever I begin to become afraid, now I'm, I'm trained to go right to him, to open my Bible, to pray, to ask for his help and to really fight through it. And that's where, that's where the peace comes about in my life. Yeah, I, th- I think, and that that's something that uh, I mean, I can 
totally relate to, obviously. And my, my wife and I talk about this a lot, you know, that uh, we grew up in a culture where uh, it, was, you know, it was America, you know, we, we have that kind of bootstrap mentality, you know, you yeah. pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and, and we do it all and, and we're successful and, and that's the ultimate goal. And uh, uh, we, we idolize the self-made man. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you compare that uh, understanding, that, that worldview with, let's say the Bible, <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just doesn't jive. It doesn't jive at all. And and we see that it, it can be hard for us, especially because we live in a world of plenty, or at least a country of plenty. We have a lot. Uh, it could be in a lot of opportunities. Uh, it could be very difficult for us to see sometimes um, the fact that God does really provide for us, that, yeah. that even the gifts, even the desires that I have to do what I do, even even my ability to believe in God is a gift. You know, I can't even have faith in God without God giving me the gift of faith. So I think the the bottom line is that we really do have a hard time believing that with, with everything in life, everything is a gift. Everything mm-hmm. is a gift. God provides for us. And we have that tendency, especially I think as Americans, to fall into that mentality of, I just go to God when I need him because obviously, you know, I don't need him too often and, <laughs> and I right. can, I can handle all of it. Well, that, right. then that puts all the responsibility on us. And yep. I know I do. I end up feeling anxious and mm-hmm. feel uh, worried. And then my prayers don't become prayers of praise and thanksgiving. They become yeah. prayers of, Oh my God, help me. You know, mm. everything's falling apart and I'm falling apart. And, Please save me, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. And I'm so glad you mentioned prayers of praise and thanksgiving because I've learned that that is so important to praise the Lord and to thank him, even if you're having a bad day. And that's what I've learned. And that's what I try to share with people. So you're really wise to recognize that, Jeff. Uh, so many times our prayer and the easiest prayer to pray is give me, give me this, Lord, give me that, give me the next thing. And if we don't have that balanced prayer life, then that's exactly what we're going to fall into. And what kind of relationship will thrive if it's based on give me this, give me that, give me the other thing. Right. And so I'm I'm really glad you brought that, that, that point up. And I I tell you, when I had a lot of money in the bank, when I could pay my bills, when I had no worry about a paycheck coming in every other week, I didn't pray that hard. I mean, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I really didn't. I thought that I was in control. And now, Jeff, I'll tell you, when I pray the Lord's Prayer and I say, give us this day our daily bread, I really mean those words, (laughs) finally. But I think that's what God wants. He wants us to depend on him. He wants us to realize that we need him. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I love that, John 15, 5. And and now as, as I let him speak to me and I finally listen to him, and you mentioned we live in a very noisy world and a very fast paced world. We have to make that time to listen to the Lord. And when we do that, when I do that, that's when I start to feel his peace in my life. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I concur. I, I know I left, um, teaching. I was a teacher. I left the, the teaching profession and also, uh, I was a, a, a minister, um, uh, with your know, catechesis and sacramental preparation, uh, DRE type position in mm. my parish also at the same time that I was teaching, I did that, all that for, for years and years. And I left all of it in, in 2010 and, uh, when, you know, went into to self-employment and that has been, well, it's taught me a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been bone crushing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> from time to time, you know? And I think that's one of the things that I've really been thinking about a lot lately 
Right. It's kind of being, I guess, brought to my attention in prayer is just the fact that uh, my approach to prayer for years and years really has been based on feelings. You know, I would only pray when I felt like it. Oh, yeah. And, and so it may not be that I needed anything in particular. It just may have been that I, I felt like praying, so I, I prayed. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Redbox Media with me, Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie, and our special guest today, Mr. Gary Zimak. Don't go away. we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show with me, your host, Jeff Young, and our special guest today, Gary Zimek of followingthetruth.com. Uh, let's get back to our conversation. And so you said something a little while ago, which, you know, is like you were screaming. You weren't screaming, but it, to me, it's like it jumped out at me, you know, is the, the necessity to pray every day, whether you feel like it or not. Yep. And, and, and so sometimes I come home, you know, I walk in the house after being out working or whatever, and I may feel good, bad, or indifferent, doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm still relating to my family. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in a lot of the ways, it's the same with the Lord. It's like, he's right here with me. And I need to make sure that I'm praying every day and not worry about how I feel. Exactly. Oh, Jeff, that is so huge. I get so excited when I, when I hear that because it's so true. You, you understand this. You have a little one at home. I remember when my kids were young, my wife and I, we have twin girls. You got to meet Mary and Elizabeth uh, earlier this uh, few months ago. When they were young and they would wake up in the middle of the night, my, not only did my wife have to get up, but I had to get up. Even though I was, right? I didn't like it, Jeff. I have to tell you, I didn't like it. I didn't wake up and say, wow, this is great. I get to stay up at night and feed my girls who are crying and then go into work the next day. I didn't like it at all. But that's what love is. And that's the same thing. That, that applies to our relationship with the Lord. We have to pray whether we feel like it or not. And in fact, on those days when I don't feel like praying, that's the, the, that's the time that I can really tell him how much I love him. I'll say, Lord, you know, I don't really feel like doing this, but I love you enough to pray today. So I think that's crucial. We have to pray every day. And, and let's, let's, I mean, what about, uh, let's say someone's listening right now and they, they're hearing us talk about a relationship with the Lord and they're going, what, what are you talking about? Mm. You know, what, yeah. what would you say? Cause I know that you do have a couple of, uh, you have a book or actually may have two books coming out, huh? That, that are going to deal with, uh, you know, this whole concept of a relationship with, with Jesus. Yeah. What would you say to someone who has, has that kind of question? I would say that, first of all, don't feel bad about questioning it because a lot of people hear that term, personal relationship with Jesus, and they think, well, that's not possible. That's just something you say. But I would say that, number one, it is possible. And number two, it is very attainable. It's something that we can all attain. And Jeff, as a cradle Catholic, I have struggled with this for many years. I would hear that term, personal relationship with Jesus. And I would think it's a Protestant thing. I, I would think, well, Catholics don't do that. You know, and I, I, and I make a joke when I go out and speak and I say, well, we just receive his body and blood every week, but we don't, we don't have a personal relationship with him. But I, I didn't think it was possible. And I grew up with a lot of people who went to church every Sunday, but that's where they had no real relationship with Christ. Their relationship with Christ consisted in going one hour a week to church on Sunday and then leaving it in church and going out and living the rest of their lives. But it's, it's at the point where I discovered that he's real and that he wants to be my friend and that I can have a relationship with him. That's the point where my life changed. 
And I started to feel his peace. But up until then, I was miserable. I was nervous. I was trying to find comfort everywhere except the Lord, because I, I honestly didn't think it was possible to have that relationship with them. Mm. And I'm sure you, you've been, you've been there. You, you, you realize what a difference it makes to have that personal relationship with Christ. Oh, absolutely. You know, it is funny. It's really funny. Almost like confession, you know, talking on this uh, show sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when I was uh, 16 years old, I had this uh, amazing uh, experience where I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that not only did was Jesus alive, but that Jesus loved me, you know, right. in particular, and that Jesus was calling me uh, to be in a relationship with him. And mm. it was a life-changing experience, and it really has uh, flavored uh, the rest of my entire life. Um, but I will say this, and it, 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 amazing things happened all around that time. And I remember the whole, the first, probably even few years, it was almost like a honeymoon phase, you know, where you're, yeah. it just, God's just everywhere. Jesus is everywhere. And it, things were just, in a sense, you know, prayer and spiritual life, all of that was just easy. And then, and then it wasn't so easy. Yep. You know, it's like all of a sudden it's like, man, this is work. This is mm. hard. And, right. and, and sometimes, and there were periods of my life where I just said, I, I'm tired of this. You know, I feel like I'm alone. Why don't you leave me mm-hmm. alone? I'm not doing this anymore. And, yeah. um, and it's been off and on, off and on of, of that struggle of feeling again, I think trying to eventually come to the point of being an adult who can make the decision to get up and take care of the baby in the middle of the night. Yep. When, no matter how they feel, I'm, I'm becoming an adult and growing in maturity to where I can make the decision. Okay. I'm going to pray every day because that's, I mean, Jesus loves me whether I feel like it or not. And, mm-hmm. and I need to pray too. But for years, that wasn't the case. For years, right. I would, I would, it was just back and forth, wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and it's been amazing to me that sometimes when I have felt my worst, I have felt the lowest and was in a position where I was ministering in some capacity, whether it's a radio show or whether it was a, a talk or whether it was, you know, I used to do give retreats all the time to teenagers that, and, and, and prepare teens for, to receive confirmation. Um, that sometimes when I felt the worst and felt like I was the farthest from God, that those were the times when he actually was able to work through me in a way that, I mean, it blew my mind, mm-hmm. you know, it was able to really touch other people. So I guess in the end, I find that my own feelings are not a very good, uh, indicator or gauge of what's going on. But at the mm-hmm. same time, there is a pattern. There yeah. is a pattern that when you first start out and you reach out and that's, I think the point is that you got to start, right? You just reach yep. out to God and say, yep. help me. I want to know you help me to know you better and, mm-hmm. and to really start to pray that things do happen and God but, will show you, Jesus will show you that he is right there for you, that's but right. he's not that's... going to stay there. He's going to help you grow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And what you said was so crucial. And that's at the core of my work. I really emphasize ask for help, whether it comes to stopping worrying. I always tell people, don't try to do it on your own. Don't fight it. Don't try to stop worrying on your own because you're going to fail. Ask the Lord to help you. But also when you want to get to know Jesus, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, ask him to reveal himself to you. Because I think sometimes we forget that we're not the only ones doing the work. He's working on the relationship 
relationship too. And we have to be quiet and let him work. And, and really what you said is exactly what most of us go through when we have our initial conversion experience. We have that honeymoon phase. And it's a good thing because most of us would probably quit if we didn't get those good feelings. <laughs> and that's how, that's how much the Lord loves us. He knows that. And he does make it easy for us. We get all of those consolations in the beginning, and then he wants us to grow a little bit. And then he'll withhold some of the consolation and make us feel a little dry. We'll, we'll go through that dry period. And what I've found, and I'm sure what you found too, is we'll have this repeatedly. We'll have the peaks and the valleys mm-hmm. in our spiritual life. And after a while, we'll get to the point where we're feeling that dryness and we'll think, oh, it's okay. I'm going to get over this. Let me just keep praying. Yeah. Lord, I'm here for you. I'm not feeling anything, but I still love you. You know, I could still say those words and I still do love them even when I don't feel anything. And then eventually the feelings come back and I start to experience that peace and his consolation again. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's good that we look back sometimes over the course of our lives and, and realize that, yeah, I've been here before. I felt like this before. No problem. I'm not going to panic. And then realize that the feelings will come back. And then as you do that, you get a little tougher and you are learning to not base your spiritual life on your feelings or your emotions, which is a really dangerous thing to do. That's right. That's right. And I, uh, I, I, I think that, um, I mean, it's a challenge. It, it sounds a lot like mm-hmm. marriage, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, because if I tell you what, if there wasn't that whole sense of uh, infatuation and, and excitement and all of that prior to, to marriage, that probably many of us would be too terrified to, to jump in, you know? Exactly. Exactly. My wife and I were just talking about that a few weeks ago. It's you go through that, that stage where you have the infatuation and all the feelings, everything's great. And, and, and you don't know what's ahead. My wife and I have a great marriage. We have a great relationship, but we've had some difficulties with our kids, with financial issues. Life is tough. And we still, we work at our relationship mm-hmm. every day. And that's the same thing with the Lord. If you want to have a good relationship with the Lord, you have to work at it. More wisdom and encouragement from our guest, Gary Zimmick, coming to you after the break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Redbox Media. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Jeff Young, The Catholic Foodie, and I am talking today with my friend, Gary Zimmack, and let's resume that conversation. You do. You do. And so what would that look like in, say, like a family setting? Because I, I, I know that you know one of the things that I hear all, a lot, I do, I, I talk food and faith, mm-hmm. trying to bring those two things together. And the whole point behind the Catholic Foodie is really to inspire and encourage families to get back into the kitchen, get around the table. Yeah. Uh, we, we live in a fast-paced uh, society, and we, we're losing those relationships, yep. uh, and we're losing the, the opportunities that, I mean, are biblical. You look back in the Bible, you see how, how important these meals should Shared meals really are, and I mean, goodness, we can look, you know, no further than than the Eucharist to see the, how important mm. uh, uh, these these shared meals, these covenant meals, uh, were in the Bible. But in our families too, it's just that's how God made us, you know, to yeah. to, to really relate with people around the table. And so, some of the concerns that I hear, uh, people will um, uh, contact me and and say, well. You know, we can't cook every day or we can't, you know, it's hard to get my family around the table even even once a week, you know. Yeah. And, and so I have that side of the the uh, the issue. And then the other side is 
you know, I would really love to have my family around the table. I would really love to cook for them at home, but I'm either afraid or, or nervous about cooking because I'm not that good at cooking. I don't really understand or know too much. Or once they are around the table, I'm afraid because I don't know what we're going to talk about. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so you kind of have that whole, in a way, kind of fear and anxiety even about something as simple or what really should be as simple as, as family meals. So what would it look like to have, say, like the, this whole concept of a personal relationship with Jesus in a family setting where you're just trying to live normal family life? I'll tell you what, Jeff, we, uh, we're very blessed. We've been for the past four years, we've been homeschooling our girls, which is another thing we never expected to do. But because I work from home and we're homeschooling, we are together. My wife, Eileen, my daughters, Mary and Elizabeth and I, we are together all day in this house. And it has been such a blessing to be able to do that. We still have meals together. We're here all the time together. And we, one of the things that I feel is really, really important, something that I didn't have growing up is I like to share my faith with my kids and, and my wife does too. And we, we talk a lot about our relationship with Christ. We talk about what he means to us. We talk about prayers. We pray together. We pray a rosary every night. And, and this is a, these types of things, this wasn't something we've always done. And we had to go gradually with our kids. I mean, my girls are very good, but we needed to break it to them gently that, okay, guys, we're going to pray a rosary every night. And they weren't thrilled at first, <laughs> but, but now they, they really, they really like it. But it, you know, I, what I would say is that it's very important for parents to share their faith, to talk about Christ. My parents went to church every week, but they didn't talk about the Lord, they didn't, we didn't pray before meals when I was growing up. It just wasn't a part of our day-to-day -day lives, but I think it has to be. And when you do, when you start talking about the Lord, when you start talking about your prayer life, your relationship with him amongst your family, I think it draws everyone closer together. I think so. I mean, it's, it's really, I'm listening to you and I'm just kind of chuckling because I've always said, and I get interviewed, uh, on, on different, uh, radio shows, uh, about food and faith and people ask me these questions and especially like cooking all the time. You know, I cook, I cook at home just about every day for my mm. family, home cooked meals, you know, and like, well, how do you do it? It's like, well, you know, we made some really hard decisions to, right. to, to make this possible. And, you know, early on, I was even, I was teaching at a Catholic school, but we had made the decision very early on that we wanted to homeschool. So we've been in that same boat, uh, mm. been self-employed since 2010. I do have an office outside the house at this point. Uh, I, I, I think that was uh, something that I really needed uh, in order to, because I mean, the, the kids, our kids are getting they, they take up space <laughs> and they, they need to spread out to do their schoolwork and the house isn't so big. And so I needed outside space. But for the most part, you know, we are, we spend a tremendous amount of time together compared to what I guess you would say would be the average American family. And it really does make a lot of difference. It, it makes a huge difference. Doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't. It really does. It does. And, and being part of uh, our parish, I mean, we have a, a parish we, we are blessed to live maybe, maybe it's less than maybe a mile and a half away from the church. And uh, we're very involved there. It's, it's a vibrant parish. And I know that that helps tremendously to have, to, to, to bring not just my, my wife and I and our participation and perhaps our service, but really our whole family. Uh, the kids are involved in so many different activities. And so that, that helps too. Um, 
so you have a complementary kind of a, a compliment how you say this a complementarity i guess mm. going between the faith that we experience at home which mm-hmm. is still a challenge you know, right. it's still a challenge because family life is family life. And that's right. And sometimes, I mean, you, you know, being together all the time, isn't always fun, mm-hmm. you know, and on the other end, you have the, the joy of being with people at, at church. So there's that in living your faith in that context of not just church, but also, you know, the homeschool community. We have a, a very big homeschool community here. And then also the, the youth groups and the pro-life groups and all the different things that, that my kids are involved in. And so they work in tandem, you know, they're getting it there yeah. from the community, but they're getting it at home too, because uh, hopefully my wife and I are, are, are uh, reflecting that relationship, that love of God uh, for them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, so and, 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 and Jeff, it's really important that what you said, you, you hit on a really key point. It's important that you make it a priority to spend time together. And sometimes we have to make these decisions that allow that to happen. And, and I can't tell you how many people that we run into who say, you know, you guys are together all the time. You have meals together. <laughs> As if it's a bad thing, but we love it. Yes. But, but yeah, we get on each other's nerves sometimes, but, but there's just a, we're drawing closer to one another mm-hmm. and we're all drawing closer to the Lord, but it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. And I would say, you know, if somebody's listening and hears this think and, and thinks that, well, this will never work in my life. I'd say go slowly. You don't want to try to just right. do this overnight because we certainly didn't. And right. sometimes we would hear other people who would say, well, we pray all the time and we do the rosary. And my wife and I would think, well, that's not going to work. But yeah. Little by little, we started with one decade at a time and we built up and before you know it, we're now doing the rosary and the girls meet us at a certain time. We pray our rosary. We pray for uh, all the people that ask for our prayers. Now people are coming to us because they know we pray this rosary each (laughs) night. And Jeff, you know, it's really cool. We're watching great blessings develop in the lives of these people we're praying for. The other night I said to everyone, I said, we got to start really thanking the Lord specifically for some of these answered prayers mm-hmm. because he's really working powerfully uh, through through our prayers. So That's you know, it's a great thing. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, you're mentioning that uh, j- just this week we celebrate the, uh, the, the, the birth of Mary. Yeah. Which uh, is always just a cool thing. You know, it's a very mm-hmm. old uh, celebration in the church and it just helps us to remember, you know, the humanity of, of Our Lady, that she's not just a statue on a pedestal, Yep. you know, but she's a real mama. You know, she's mm. my mama. She's your mama. And, yeah. and, and we need to, uh, to be close to her. And I love the rosary. Uh, just so, such a um, simple, simple uh, prayer. And again, mm-hmm. doesn't matter how you feel uh, when right. you pray it. But uh, Gary, if you would, uh, you know, I, I would love to hear, I know you've got uh, a number of books that you've written. I know that those books are, are available. If I, if I could just maybe have you take us through uh, just a, an overview of, of the books that you have written. I know one is on Our Lady and you've got some on about worry mm-hmm. and kind of overcoming worry. And one that, that I'm actually in the middle of reading right now, Faith, Hope, and Clarity, Um how to know God's will. And, and, and then also I know you have some, some stuff coming down the pipeline. I'd love to hear about. Uh, Jeff. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. My, the first book I wrote was a warrior's guide to the Bible, 50 verses to ease anxieties. And it's funny. I had, I had always wanted to write a book. You know, once I started 
working in full-time ministry. I, I wanted to write a book and I came up with all kinds of ideas. They all got rejected. One day I was walking the dog and this idea popped into my head, a warrior's guide to the Bible. Let me give the readers some Bible <laughs> verses to, to help them not worry. Right. I, and, and that, that idea was uh, two publishers really liked the idea. So that was my first book. My second book was a book that I wrote about the Blessed Mother. Listen to your Blessed Mother. It's a reflection on Mary's words and her actions in scripture. And the reason I wrote that book was because I didn't have a good relationship with the Blessed Mother. She, I knew who she was. I didn't have a problem with her, but I didn't really have a personal relationship with her. And I would look at all these holy people, such as St. John Paul II, who would talk about the Blessed Mother, and they loved her, and they had such a great relationship with her, and I wanted that. So I decided, well, I better write a book about her. So I really dug into Scripture and looked at every appearance of Mary and every one of her words, and I, I wrote a book about that. Uh, and I grew really close to her in the process. My third book was From Fear to Faith, A Warrior's Guide to Discovering Peace, which is a step-by-step -step guide to overcoming anxiety. That's a book that people were asking me to write. After I would go out and speak, they would comment, well, do you have this written down anywhere? So I wanted a step-by-step -step approach. And then the book you mentioned, Faith, Hope, and Clarity, that's my latest, How to Know God's Will. Let me tell you, after deciding or feeling called to work in full-time ministry and support my family that way. Me and the Lord had to do some, some speaking with one another. <laughs> and this is, this is the fruit of that process, this discernment process. And not just for long-term discernment, because that's a scary word. A lot of people hear discernment and they think, well, I'm married. I don't need to discern anything. Right, right. But, but really, if the Lord gives us another day. He's got a plan for us today. There's something he wants us to do today. Oftentimes it's just whatever it is, our routine duties of life. That's what he wants us to do. But the whole idea behind that book is to put the reader in touch with the Lord on a daily basis and say to the Lord sometimes, Lord, what can I do for you instead of here's what you can do for me, Lord? Right. So they're the four books I have out now. You mentioned the, the, the latest, the fifth one is due out in April of 2016. It's called Find a Real Friend in Jesus, 10 Amazingly Easy Steps. Again, I like step-by-step -step books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought... I struggle to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Let me put it into a series of steps that anybody could follow. That book is coming out in uh, in April of next year. So awesome. the Lord has really blessed me with the, the opportunity to write these books. I'm not an author. I, I, I'm, I'm an author now, but I have no background in journalism or anything. I just fell in love with the Lord, and I, I, I want to go in the doors that he opens up for me, and that's what I've been doing. And you also, uh, you're no stranger to radio. Uh, you mm -hmm. also have your own show, and uh, and you appear quite regularly on on other shows. Where can uh, where can folks find uh, your shows? Jeff, the best place is to go to my website, followingthetruth.com. It has links to my own internet radio show that I do Monday through Friday, as well as all of the regular appearances on EWTN Radio, Relevant Radio, and local stations around the country. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, Gary, thank you so much. It's been such a, a, a pleasure to talking with you today. You have any last words of encouragement for us? Yeah, Jeff, I do. First of all, let me thank you because this was my pleasure to, uh, to, to be on the air with you and just to chat with you. You're my brother in Christ and you really do inspire me. So thanks for everything that you do. Final words of encouragement. All I would say is that if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, if you're a worrier, 
I doubt you worry as much as I've worried over the course of my life, right? So I'll trade worry stories with anybody. And I'll say this, it is possible to experience peace with the help of Jesus Christ. You can do it. You can know him personally. And it's the greatest thing that you could ever do. Amen. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Gary. My pleasure, Jeff. God bless you, brother. Well, I want to thank Gary one more time for joining me here on the Catholic Foodie Show. What a treat. What a treat this was. Thank you so much, Gary. You know, sometimes I I like to have uh, feedback to play. I like to hear from you. Actually, I like to hear from you all the time. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a thought, uh, something you'd like to share about food and faith, uh, you can always give me a call uh, any hour of the day or night by calling 985-635-4974. That's the Catholic Foodie Voice Feedback Line, 985-635-4974. I'd love to to get a, a little message from you I could play here on the show and we can have a conversation right here on the Catholic Foodie Show and I am I'm so excited uh, that you spent this time with me today thank you so much you can learn more about Gary Zemak over at followingthetruth.com and of course you can find a lot of recipes and Catholic culinary inspiration to help inspire you in your kitchen over at catholicfoodie.com you're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media you can find other shows and uh, podcast episodes at breadboxmedia.com. And until next time, bon appetit.